0: evening, fellows. Good evening, guys. Hi. hope you have been having a very, you know, mind-boggling and mind-changing day. Uh, but it's not over yet, definitely. I mean, even uh, we are in utter surprise and awe as to the amount of information and knowledge we have been able to gather in this two-day event. I mean, each day is just getting better and better. You know, it's just it's so sad that it's, it ends today. But again, there is still some left so now it's time to move on to a panel discussion that was supposed to happen yesterday but don't worry we are here now and we're going to be as energetic as we would be so the topic of the panel discussion as you might be knowing is technology and enabler in changing the fabric of architecture so if you think the topic of the panel is interesting trust me uh, the panelists are even more interesting so first and foremost i will be moderating this event And as you already have been seeing me from the last two days, my name is Benita Hoshal and I am the editor in chief of the East India Perspective. Now bringing on board our first panelist is Miss Onzor Pinar from MASK Architects. Miss Onzor is an international award-winning Turkish architect and founding principal and lead design architect of MASK in Italy. She graduated as the best of her generation ranking first place prize of the Faculty of Fine Arts at the Cyprus International University with the high honor degree in 2014. She was awarded many international awards for her design projects during her study period. One of her important career experiences is that she has worked as one of three lead architects and architectural designer on numerous projects at all stages from conception design to implementation and has extensive knowledge of schemes, That are bespoke and site-specific at Istanbul new airport duty-free stores project and public zones between 2016 and 2018 period but i'm pretty sure when somebody as talented as Osnur is here on the ground i would i would not like to continue speaking about her so Osnur we welcome you wholeheartedly (laughs) welcome to IIDA 2.0 please take the dice and uh, please, we are more than willing and excited to hear about your work.
1: Thank you so much. I'm really honored to be here uh, on uh, be- on behalf of Mask Architects uh, at Ida Summit. and I really um, want to thank you to all who in- who invite us to be there in today. And so I just want to introduce um, a little bit about our work. Uh, Mask Architects is a young international award-winning architectural and design studio uh, established in Sardinia, uh, in Sardinia uh, Olbia in 2020, officially. Uh, We have been uh, working in any field of architecture, industrial design, uh, and luxury industrial design firm with my partner, Danilo Petta. And I could uh, say a little bit short of things that uh, what we have been doing with Danilo, uh, the main sources of inspiration that we get uh, while we are realizing our projects is diversity uh, of our own perspectives, uh, experience, a challenge and ethnics and culture uh, and educational background that we, uh, that, that we gain from our own timeline. And so we call it uh, our own formula. And so which is our main success and richness of our ideas and perspectives. Uh, with this harmonization of professional uh, disciplines under one umbrella, uh, which as we uh, call it a new formula, then uh, and I have been um, continue to work t- uh, t- together to create a new a more sustainable, environmental, eco-friendly design way in our projects. And while uh, at the same time adapting uh, uh, newest technological innovations uh, for a new sustainable construction uh, methods for our design projects. And we also follow a newest uh, development closely, and we continue to improve our capability and uh, every day and update our service uh, with our own uh, opportunities.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Osnur, uh for that. Really short, yet sweet, yet such a nice explanation of what exactly Mask Architects does and I'm pretty sure... Diversity. We'll yes, <laughs> absolutely. And we, I'm pretty sure we'll be getting to hear more of your views uh, during this panel discussion that we will, we will be having. But now it's time to bring our other panelists and introduce him uh, in this picture. So next up we have uh, architect Monish Sripurapu from Ant Studio. Bonish is a graduate from the School of Planning and Architecture, that is SPA Delhi, with the sole motive to bridge the gap between craft and machinery, embracing all the spheres of art, architecture, technology and materiality, fusing it with nature. Through their transdisciplinary approach in their projects, they have pushed their designs to go beyond functional and aesthetic concern to concoct an affiliation between built and nature as a research driven studio emphasis is given on material exploration and advanced tools tethering labor in- intensive construction strategies with technology we they aim at experimentation by resorting to a hands on approach in design and innovation but again of course we would like to hear monish explain these uh, beautiful uh, thought processes and ideologies that their studio runs on so please monish without any further delay please bring it on
2: thank you thank you vinita for the sweet introduction and also thank you IIDA for having me here i've been watching uh, and listening to like inspirational talks last couple of days and it's it's an honor to be uh, uh, showcasing our work and actually sharing what we're doing um, i think like I th- what vinita already uh, mentioned about us uh, we lot we take a lot of i think joy in observing nature and and see how we can replicate some of the systems in nature to uh, in works and where technology becomes a medium to facilitate this. I think it's really important how, like, uh, I think in today's day, there is a lot of, like, you know, uh, noise around sustainability and uh, how we have to keep our entire, like, you know, this, uh, the work and construction around making it eco-friendly, but uh, how technology can actually become an enabler in, uh, for such a cause. Um, yes, I mean, that's, that's what I think we guys are doing here. Uh, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you uh, so much. Thank you so much, Monish, for that introduction and of course, we are absolutely honored to have you on board. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that both Monish and Osnour would like to showcase a few of their uh, works um, through the various presentations that they have brought and brought forward. So Osnour, uh, would you like to take up the stand and showcase your work right now?
1: Absolutely. Uh, right now it's okay, right? I can yes. uh, continue like this. I can make a full screen. Is it okay for yes. you? It's perfect. Okay. Uh, firstly, I would like to start with the project Exo Steel modular, uh, Prefabricated Houses. We choose this project because this uh, today we will uh, we would like to mention and show how we use art, architecture, design, uh, and technology with together. With this project, we would like to express uh, very well our ideology, mission, and about our workflow. And so first, I would like to uh, start with my uh, first page. And this is ExoSteel, uh, Mother Nature, modular prefabricated living museum houses. We have designed uh, the world's first uh, steel 3D printed structure, and modular houses for Nivola museums, visitors, tourists, an artist in Orani of uh, in Orani in Sardinia, city of Sardinia. Uh, at this moment, as mask architects, our studio is the first architecture and design studio in the world to use a steel, steel 3D, uh, 3D printed exoskeleton construction system for modular prefabricated houses, as you see on these images at top. The mother nature is uh, sustainable development. Uh, of our uh, modular uh, system inspired by uh, the work of Constantina Nivola, uh, who is a local uh, artist and sculptor uh, living Orani and so we have taken inspiration from his sculpture called uh, Le Madre and so the, in, in, with this sculpture is currently located in Nibola museum and so uh, but we can if some if a visitor wants to see him original uh, lema the sculpture they can visit uh, Nibola Museums. and so we, uh, with this project we are aim uh, like we uh, we will be named uh, giving this project uh, as development when you look at the uh, neolithic uh, period of sardinia uh, they pray for their madre like means that uh, throughout their cultural uh, it's a concept of idea of the Medi- mediterranean and so the heart of the earth and all its nature is known as mother like a mother we want to rise up uh, this development and embrace it. It's give like credit to pivotal points, like where woman has influenced the world, and we try to harmonize two different things with this concept: nature and madre, like a mama. They can call it within within this project, and our development, as you see in this um, render, are Development is a design, a way to be become a living landmark in connection with the local heritage. And uh, This iconic project will be a new addition to Orani's social exhibition and living areas. Uh, the design is, uh, will be iconic identity as livable and sociable art pieces, uh, architectural structure, and also that will be, um, develop a new identity of the city as a combination of livable space, sociable space, will be distributed, as you see on these images, on different level of the terrain in uh, in the order, uh, in in order with the different level of modules. And we um, aim to integrate architecture, art and technology in these livable museum projects. And our, another aim is also to uh, preserve and protect the heritage of Orani, they give the respect of um, the Constantina Nivola and his works uh, and continue his legacy to uh, using our modern uh, techniques and our style with the with the integrated with this uh, the model. And so if we need to get back the first, as you see, this is a sustainable development and we are getting inspired by the Lemade sculpture, clearly. And so we are integrate them in a different terrain of uh, the sites. And for us was very important things is to provide uh, sustainable development. Okay, we are architect and we are the designer, but reality was Orani uh, need to improve and develop and the reactivate of the social life and so in instead of we put a uh, living landmark uh modular houses uh, under tearing we just want to show the person the users visitors that this is uh, lema this is lema this captures but you can also live in these projects at the same time and so we just try to improve uh, to interior design with the newest technology. And if we, if you see on this plan, this is a, a absolutely show how the person use ground floor. Ground floor uh, of the one module uh, is used to uh, a little bedroom, little study room, and also a little entrance area we have. But second floor, as you see in here, is designed for social level area. This is this point was very very important for us, as you see on these images, because as we, as all the world, we are experienced that in COVID cases we needed to socialize uh, spaces, but also self isolated. But also space should be self isolated. And the people will stay in their own house without maybe light, maybe without a window, and so. But if we are architects and designers in this period, and even if, if we are experiencing these difficulties, our new update and design should be followed, uh, f- uh, should be followed and update for humans' life quality. And this project was designed after Covid cases, and so we are uh, uh, highlighted that if, if in the future, if we have a new COVID cases situation, the people would be socialized and also people would be uh, protect their uh, mental healthy on this second floor with this, as you see on this uh, level. Means that this people can be socialized. With, uh, uh, with harmonization nature. They will be contact with nature directly, even if they can stay self-isolated in any bed station. And also people can be uh, harmonized, can be socialized with another modus uh, living pe- people. This point was very important for this project. Sustainable, okay, but also important to create a livable space for people within any case of station. And so second floor is more flexible, means that you can, we have a three or four option of design. One was for only social life. uh, Second was, uh, second option was for living spaces. These images uh, show all my speech. And you can see that uh, ground floor is more private zone. People can be live in there with our with on our their uh, private life. But second floor, which is con- uh, connect with the directly uh, terrain, and so people can be socialized here. Can, people can be uh, stay in this their own uh, in their own social space, self isolated, but also with nature and also with in uh, the daylight and I just want to uh, say a little bit about construction methods okay because people are uh, people are waiting for uh, this uh, speech I'm sure because pe- we have been receiving many questions that, uh, that they have been uh, worried about how this project are, are constructible. And as you see, these images, we are used for exterior surfaces, uh, adaptive mold size, them, which every surface would take a shape with less error, with less mistake. And so, this is uh, the company, uh, Northland company, uh, Adapa. And so, we just uh, find them from their own previous work of uh, Future Museum in Dubai. And so, we are feel that this company will be uh, realize our uh, projects with the less uh, waste material with the less uh, uh, mistake of a surface aesthetically surfaces. And also uh, when we need to express this material, uh, this very sustainable material because how sustainable material we can save uh, material uh, means like it's very fast, It's really taking shape according to, uh, like, exactly uh, your uh, design uh, folder and also affordable, uh, the material. And so this is our exterior material, but we have, okay, I can maybe a little bit mention about this point. Our surfaces, uh, our LemaDU surfaces have three dimensional, like three type of dimensional surfaces. One, double curve. Uh, double-curve adaptive and other double-curve adaptive mold, another uh, size. And so we are, uh, this is, I try to show with these images, that uh, we are really flexible with this material, that they get shape according to what we want. And so we are able to get any shape without a less mistake, with, without, uh, with less uh, waste material uh less impact uh less damage of the, the nature and how these uh, models are work and are as you see are these uh, surfaces on the right side we have uh, four type of uh curve and so each curve will be get the shape accordingly with this mold adaptive mold mission and so with this adaptive mold machine when when it's finalized, we can uh, join them on on sites. But this is uh, this is for exterior as a solution. If we need to go to through, uh to exoskeleton, this is our main exoskeleton that provide a main uh, carry off our uh, modules. This exoskeleton uh, will be printed by uh, steel 3D printed uh, technology. It's such a tricky point also we have because with this project, currently we have been working with our, uh, another uh, collaborator company. Uh, We have one tricky point is this uh, shape will be take enormous time for steel 3D printer, And so we are thinking that, okay, we maybe, won't be print all skeleton, but at least maybe we could be choose one of three skeleton to print it. This is only option uh, because, at the same time, as designers and architects, we have been making brainstorming to solve all problems at the same time within these projects, and it also helped us to improve our uh, capability and and we have been improving our uh, knowledge and we have been learning uh, new techniques when we are uh, work some uh, a project like ExoSteel. And so it's it will be, as you see in this uh, project, this is how workflow of the steel to uh, the printer. We we will have a design file and after they will be analyzed print feasibility with the data. Engineers will be check if our surfaces are available or not available. Like it's all our very very hard work to get to get on this stage. And so we are currently still working on these projects. And so uh, this is the backside of the projects. Um, I just want to share very very important things uh, with these images people are uh ask ask that uh, why there is openness on this uh, on the middle surfaces firstly as you see on these images it looks like a mother uh, stomach like a mother a top is like a uh, like we are trying to uh, give this uh, sensibility for this model but when you look at the technically technically side this openness is let uh, to let wind enter uh, in, into this building because Oran. When you look at um, environmental condition of Oran, Sardinia was very, very windy. Uh, windy in every day. Okay, if uh, we have to design some project uh, uh, according to environmental conditions also, and so we are, this project, this modules should be. Uh, stand uh, strongly, uh, should we get get, uh, get in touch strongly with the terrain. But at the same time, we have a one reality that uh, environmental conditions are very hard. Okay, we are uh, decided to make an open world in middle of the module. It's led us to pass through the weeds. This is why we design uh, in front, uh, front sides and the back side as you see on these images uh, on these images show to you this one for example as you see on there there's a big openness because you need to let the wind uh, throughout on this building to stay uh, to uh, carry on stability of the building. At the same time, uh, our, we have a here energy tower. That's, that's one of uh, one the most important points of this project. How this project provides its own uh, energy. Uh, this energy tower, this is a 360-degree turnable uh, wind turbine and also covered by solar panel. Uh, will be provide to uh, get uh, electric energy from uh, top of this uh, design. And at the same time this uh, design get in touch directly, I can express with this section, it's much more better with this section. This is our energy tower and we'll, we are provide wind and solar energy from top of our uh, circle. And this energy will be come through directly. This energy will transfer to the base uh, to base area. And after, if there are so much energy, this uh, energy towers will be will be provide uh, uh, electric electricity uh, like electric energy to Orani city. And it's a totally self-sustained project. And it will be provide its own uh, system, its own energy by itself. My presentation is getting end with this uh, project, and I hope it will be useful to uh, everyone. Hello. Okay, when someone uh, come to uh, to there, I can maybe read it mention about side System. side System, which is um, uh, designed for uh, cooling station to create cooling uh, and uh, environmental condition for uh, Middle East. And so with this uh, project, our main aim is to uh, provide uh, livable uh, livable. Um, other comfort conditions for Abu Dhabi citizens, because as we know that, uh, as I am sure some of person who is already experienced that Middle East uh, environmental conditions are very strong and very hard to uh, to carry on your daily routine life at outdoor space. But we are we are in a human, and we are not able to live in this uh, close uh, area always we have to be uh, get integrated with the nature, with the other spaces. And so after with this uh, competition opportunity that we received, and we decided to create such a canopy which is inspired by palm trees as iconic mention of uh, Middle East. And we are thinking that why don't we create uh, why don't we integrate exa- uh, existing uh, traditional cooling, uh, mist cooling system with this uh, project? And after we are uh, start to study to uh, for ON module. Uh, with this with this one on module, we are integrate uh, cooling system within this uh, uh, within this canopy. At the same time, uh, the most important thing is uh, that these canopies are uh, integrated for any kind of site, with any dimension, with any scale, and in everywhere of middle East. And so at the same time, with this under canopy, you are able to uh, design and give the function according to uh, you uh, according to your needs and we uh, according to the the program of the competition we are offered uh, to design social uh social space for the people and at the same time i just want to express very important things is these models are able to uh, give a respond uh, as bar, as uh, social area, as a uh, workspace area, uh, as also children uh, work play area. And these modules are work as individually and also uh, work within this group. And most important things is this uh, page for us because we, at the same time, we are designed projects should be modular, appendable, growable, and get in solution in the concept design process. Hello. Hi, Osnur. Yes, uh-huh. we are intently listening to you. Sorry, I am not sure if I am able to continue. Normally, I want to finish my pre- presentation with the exhaustive. And so, but I'm not sure about our timeline, maybe we don't have so much time, and I want to give the time for our another panelist.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly.
1: Analyst. Uh,
0: absolutely. Um, we, uh, we as much as we've heard, it has been really inspiring. Yeah. But yes, we would absolutely like you to maybe draw inspiration out of your presentations and talk about when we, when we are actually in the discussion. So, si. uh, yeah right so on that note definitely i would like to invite monish on the dais and we would like to ask him to give like a very quick introduction and about and presentation of his work so that we can eventually get on with the panel discussion so please monish take up the stage and yes let's hear thanks it. vinita i
2: think uh, definitely a very inspiring presentation that we just saw and happy to see all the amazing like you know what is happening So today I'll be talking about uh, uh, two projects. One is a, uh, like, you know, one, I think the brief in here is about nostalgia. The client wanted something that is absolutely, uh, uh, like, you know, stunning and modern, but at the same time should be very nostalgic in approach. And the other one is an extreme opposite thing. I mean, both are presented in Indian context, but uh, the other one is futuristic, wherein the, the client brief is to go something, you know, I mean, he comes from a, a, a you know, manufacturing background, and he wanted a building to, uh, like, you know, represent what he does uh, in it. And uh, with access to all these advanced tools at his disposal, he wanted to go something very futuristic. So, uh, yes, I mean, we thought, uh, is my slides visible? All right. I'm assuming yes. So nostalgia, like I said, is the uh, like you know what we were trying to um, solve when we spoke about the first one. So when we represented these images to the client, when he said he wanted something his building to be uh, nostalgic, so this is something that really comes to our mind when we talk about Indian context, wherein with traditional courtyard spaces with beautiful uh, terracotta roofs and verandas and wood, especially if you look at the material. And also all these natural materials that you kind of find in Indian buildings and spaces. So this is what we actually wanted when we put all of these things together. The whole idea is that for the building, it should represent this so that he can go back in time and then relive the moments. And one of the most interesting things that he also mentioned is that he wanted his grandchildren to learn about the, uh, the past. I think that's something that was actually very wonderful that we heard from the client so we came up with this form that is uh, absolutely uh, you can say uh, fluid and parametric and which i'm sure would, i mean for it would have been like very time consuming for, for us to do without the help of technology but if you notice below what's happening in this is that you know you see this undulating rock that is actually on the bottom so when i when we speak about technology in this i really want to talk about how not just the building and the form and what we're trying to do but it's also very important to understand the ecology of the, Métis, like the site and also how technology can actually play a role in helping us, uh, uh, like you know, learn more about uh, the surrounding environment and landscape. So the site location is this in Hyderabad. If you notice, there's a beautiful site on the uh, uh, the left hand side with the lake in there, and this is completely uh, this is a main road. What you see over there, access, and you know, I won't dwell too much into the uh, to the site, but these are some of the proposed projects, existing plots and a, a five star hotel coming right below this. This is the, the site, but then this is not what it was over time. And then when we actually looked at the past of how the site kind of evolved, the lake was actually much behind. It was like, you know, the, the lake line was something way beyond. And then in this case, uh, uh this is just 20 years back, approximately into 2003. this is what the site was. And then they started building this road and access to connect uh, the highway from the airport to Gachibauli. You can see that how there is a change in the uh, uh, the landscape. And uh, you can see, I mean, surprisingly this, the lake started growing and you will start identifying this that there are these beautiful patches of lake and water that are starting to grow, which is a beautiful, uh, like actually a very positive site uh, for the site. And this is what it is just two years back. What you can see that there. there's a lot of green, and the lake footprint has actually increased and uh and all that and then uh, so this was my first site was it this is what actually client gave us which was totally uh probably an, in- an inadequate information for a site what i'm going to show you now this is the site you can see this massive boulders on this uh, uh in the corner and this is what the site is full of rocks and beautiful boulders you can see i mean the scale of this is uh really uh magnificent you can see this line uh, which was what the client originally intended to build on this, above this. So these are the, this is a rocky uh, site. And uh, one amazing thing about the, the site is when you stand on the edge of the site, you don't see this highway. This highway disappears. And what you see is, I'll just show you the, uh, the footprint. Uh, like I said, there's a beautiful lake. And what you will not see over there is the road at all. And this is what, like I said, this is the first thing that we saw when we been to the site. And uh, there's another short video that shows the, uh, like I said, you don't really see the highway at all. That's the beauty. I mean, how the this is where the highway is actually running. And what you see is this beautiful lake in the front. So, So when we started i mean even before we made a sketch or any design on paper what i told the client this is just after my first visit to the site i requested the client that you know i think there is so much more than that actually meets the eye and i requested the client to scoop out the complete land and unearth these rocks so that we can actually know what is below Then, so the whole idea is rather than going upwards in in the building what if we first understand what is below and we got this site entirely cleaned up exposing the rocks that are out there so that when I actually can actually see uh, what if we can use these rocks as part of the the landscape inside the building, how we can actually use, uh, we documented with the help of these, uh, so the rocks uh, using the drones. And we have these little, little boulders that are actually scooped out to make the road. So the whole idea is also how we can use this material for the construction eventually. And yeah, so this is what, I think it'll go forward. So like I said, I mean, this is where the site is sitting. with this on this tall boulders. I'll just jump into the design. So When we started, like, I think this is where uh, things got really interesting because for such a uh, spectacular site, I mean, what was really important for us is to understand it. So, I mean, for us to actually make justice to the, uh, to the rocks, we went about, uh, we did a 3D scanning for the first time. Uh, what we got like photogrammetry to take what is physical into digital medium. So that we can like carefully carve out around the rocks so that we are not actually tampering with the uh, uh, the ecology so the whole idea is that you know like i said even before we started with the design process we started with scanning it so that we can get the precise coordinates of each and every rock because we uh, i think when we presented this idea to the client that let's not do anything to the rocks at all and try and actually uh, like protect them as much as we can because this is unfortunately if you guys are familiar with the landscape of hyderabad this is a very common site. And everywhere what is happening is that uh, we end up seeing this, uh, what do you say, uh, uh, mm-hmm. like people either cut the rocks or actually uh, uh, build on top of it without really giving importance much to the rocks that are below. So these are some of the initial uh, explorations to build around the rocks. And finally, we landed on this, wherein we said, OK, there are these two beautiful rocks on the site. And what if we design a building like a split in between? And then this is what we came up with like i said right at the beginning of the presentation that the whole idea is to like what the client really wanted is uh, a traditional building i mean when it comes to the material and the feel the look and feel of it and at the same time to have something that is really a um, contemporary in approach so like taking clues from all the uh, the traditional indian architecture and the materials and all of it with prop- uh, the purlins and the rafters and he wanted a lot of wood in the construction so we went about designing this mushroom columns that will be visible from the uh, the, land, the landscape on the ground floor. Which we kind of made it like a, an open rock uh, landscape in the living room. It's like an open landscape on the ground floor, and went about designing this the building uh, using this like slopes that can actually uh, uh, I mean uh, use this traditional uh, caprail, what we call as the country tiles for the construction, and right on the top there is a split in the building. Uh, which can uh, uh, allow the light to come in, penetrating between. And finally, we have this roof that is that sits on top of this. So there's a lot of optimization that we have done to arrive here before, like you know, so that the the entire curvature of the roof can actually. I mean, it, it, it there's a lot of optimization that went in so that the traditional tiles that we use can actually fit on top of this form. So that was really important for the uh, uh, so that for the feasibility of the project. So this is what you finally see, which is uh, like the whole building elevated and with this, like you know. I will not get too much into the planning part of it, but more in the uh, like this. So there is this split level with a staircase. Uh, we have divided the building at two different levels so that we can, you know, uh, th- there is this narrative that follows like at a mid level uh, as we walk in. And also the building kind of like opens up. So the entire living in the front gets gets the view of the landscape. And yes, I mean, this is the ground floor living room, bringing the rocks as is into the living spaces so that we don't have to cut them. So these are the, some of the living spaces on the ground floor. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and whatever recesses that we created, we wanted to channelize and collect rainwater using this natural slope so that we can create a natural, uh, the water reservoir for uh, irrigation on the landscape uh, in the building. So uh, yeah, this is the uh, about the first project where I said, uh, like, you know, we wanted it to uh, kind of uh talk about nostalgia of uh, like the traditional spaces but at the same time uh, the use of uh, computational tools to uh, arrive at that end so i think there's not much maybe just a few other uh, images to talk about and there is uh, like little details here and there but i think like finally this is what uh, the building looks like uh, sitting on the boulders where it's coming out opening to the lake in the front so maybe if there's anything about the planning i can take it in the questions and I'll quickly move to the second project, which is a roller coaster, both in form and also in, in, the, uh, uh, in the process so far. I mean, it was kind of a, uh, a different kind of an experience to blow me down in this presentation. That's OK. So, uh, yeah, so in here, I mean, the site uh, faces a, a golf course. And on uh, what you see is actually a view taken from the golf course, which is behind the, from the back side of the the project. And the brief of the, the client is that he wanted the parking or the, uh, the drop off to be on the first floor. So you actually climb up like a ramp that goes in and there is this like a landscape. So there is this form that is kind of free flowing. And one very interesting thing in this building, what we tried doing is that uh, uh, the overall uh, all the spaces are actually fluid, including the floor plates and not just the uh, uh, the form, but also there's a lot of this fluidity in the floors as well. Of course, there are a lot of uh, areas that are flat for the furniture and all of it, but a lot of circulation around and everything is carved out in a manner that one can freely move up um, uh, from one space to another, like walkable surfaces. Um, I'll go more into that in the, uh, at a later stage. So like I said, this is the, the beautiful view one gets from the uh, uh, this where, the, where the, the project sits, and this is a site which is a three-side open site facing the uh, um, golf course with a water body and all that. So the idea is how we can actually get this maximum experience from all the rooms so that we, one can, I mean, whatever we are trying to do, it becomes uh, experience. I mean, uh, the client can actually draw experience from multiple uh, areas. So this is a site. I will not linger too much on the the images, but uh, Yes. So when we started with the first design process, like I said, we wanted it to be uh, taking this, drawing this spaces where how each and every space can actually turn in a fluidic manner and how we can actually connect them from one space to another without really. uh, So this was some of the initial explorations and sketches, how we can connect these spaces and what you see, these circles are basically courtyards. We wanted this like lingering courtyards in between and how we can actually try and connect them so that one space in between there are these beautiful uh, open courts coming inside the building and uh, initial facade explorations, what we wanted the building to look like and so on. And yes, and then uh, uh, like, you know, we uh, definitely explored a lot about the reatomic surfaces because we actually did not want, I mean, we wanted the, the spaces to be uh, uh, as fluid as fluidic as possible, but then uh, finally we went about uh, without actually using the reatomic surfaces, but the essence of it in which how we can, like the, the floor spaces can be walkable from one end to another. So the, this is the final design. What you see, so we have this anchor in the in the mid, in the in the middle, which becomes like a home theater, and there is a ramp that actually runs on top to the lower basement, and then there is an entire central space that is kind of when somebody enters into the project, this is the entry, and then what you see is that like a beautiful drape, the facade, that kind of as if you lifted this uh, this lowers, and the entry is kind of formed inside that like uh, you can say you are entering uh, like a curtain that actually lifted up, and these beautiful rocks that you can see on the uh, in this corner, and another uh, challenge that we actually found on the site is that this side is lower than the the, uh, the golf course side. So the whole building, kind of like what it does along the this uh, the curvature, is also that uh, the person, as he walks into the space, he starts climbing on this uh, the smooth ramp to uh, arrive at the living spaces. So, uh, like as you can see, again there are this uh, there's a ramp from behind that actually climbs to the first floor to become to reach the parking and the uh, the drop off. So there are actually two entries and uh, one is like a, a pedestrian kind of an entry on the uh, the ground floor. But the main entry to the parking and everything is on the first floor. And uh, we have this supports, column supports for the uh, uh, for the structure. And here I think it, this is where this, the whole floor space and everything is really interesting. Because as you can see that the whole floor also starts to become curvy. And it was quite a challenge because we had to make sure that the functions are pretty much um, you can say uh, functional so that accessible. And with the pool, and you know all this, I mean, different different spaces as they're stepping up, and at the same time, uh, like I mean, we, j- we could not uh, compromise on the functionality of the uh, the spaces, and the form kind of revolves and then opens up towards the lake, uh, so that every room, even the room that is, the idea is that a room even which is towards the uh, the front end also gets the view of the uh, uh, the golf course from the backs. So that was the whole idea that with this cutout and everything, that even a person who's actually taking a room. In the front, can see the glimpses of the uh, the golf course, and this entire ring, what you see, gets this view, beautiful view, uninterrupted, unhindered, uh, of the uh, uh, the site. So this is what finally what we have. Uh, so this area, what you see in the middle, is the uh, the curvy part. But when you enter, like this is what actually keeps moving and shuffling between the spaces. There's also like a courtyard that takes all the way from the top to the basement to the second basement. This this cutout. That draws the light all the way from, like I said, from the uh, the spiraling form on the top, all the way till the second basement, which has a home theater, and uh, the uh, the informal area and everything opens towards the golf course and uh, so on. And uh, so yeah, this is the how the living the entrance is as you can see. Right when you enter, the idea is that when someone enters, he can straight get the view of the uh, the golf course on the backside. So you can see that right here when you enter, you see this form that is like slowly climbing up, but the the experience is that it clear. It it actually. One can get, get the view all the way to the uh, the golf course, and uh, yeah, there's a section through the uh, through the building. Uh, you enter on the ground floor. There is the spiraling thing that goes down, and the skylight goes all the way to the home theater on the ground floor, uh, on the second basement. And uh, like I said, there is a sandwich of landscape at the first floor level that connects both these blocks. So the whole first floor is actually designed like a, a what do you say a, a common space for these spaces to actually connect. And uh, this is where the drop-off is happening on the uh, first with the dropping area and all that. Some images from the uh, first floor area. Yes, another isometric that shows how this the spiraling thing is kind of connecting everything and at the same time uh, without really compromising on the functionalities and how one can see uh, how the spaces are evolving. and. I would like to conclude my presentation by saying that I think uh, since I mean we are here discussing about uh, what technology can do, I think, especially in Indian context, wherein we are really obsessed about, uh, we should be, I mean, uh, definitely obsessed about a context and what uh, this is there, but then we do get different challenges from different clients. One, like I said, fortunately in this case, uh, it allowed us a lot of experimentation for us to do when it comes to technology and the, uh, how the forms and everything can be evolved using like uh, this thing, whereas the previous example where I'm talking about, which is very much uh, driven by the, uh, the traditional architecture, uh, especially that is relevant to India, but at the same time, how technology can also help us in even breaking that mold and trying to push the boundaries so that we can do something with the traditional forms, but not trying to replicate what was already there, but in a slightly bit more, uh, what do you say, uh, like innovative manner. And
0: Okay, Monish, thank you so much. I mean, uh, the both the structures, as usual, of course, it's totally something that you cannot expect out of an Indian residence to look like, but absolutely look something very interesting. And I uh, wish i like, uh, instead of being on this side of the screen, I was probably in the house or something. I think that would have been a much more interesting experience. Okay. Great. So now that we are, uh, you know, uh, we have gotten to know uh, what your work is about, what both of you kind of believe in through your work, let's dig, let's dig a little deeper and actually try to figure out the topic at hand that we have. Repeating it, that is, uh, technology and enabler in changing the fabric of architecture. So to just spark up the conversation and begin, uh, of course, this whole discussion. So basically, uh, know that. Technology and design, or architectural design, have always had a very precarious relationship. You know, some have believed that uh, one should supersede the other, while uh, some have, of course, believed in uh, the hand in hand process. And uh, with each day and each, uh, you know, year and time that we pass, all we get to see is more and more dependency as uh, architects and normal people for that matter on any type of available technology, because things are faster that way. Things are somewhere economically also sometimes a little more, uh, you know, beneficial that way. But uh, this relationship, this increasing dependency, what is it doing? Is it enabling us or is it actually taking a, a part away or not? So that is, uh, Marie, the whole thing that we will be discussing about. So bringing uh, back to my question, that the first question that I would definitely like to throw to both our panelists and anybody can feel free to jump in and answer that we have been discussing, actually. So with the amount of entanglement, if I may call, you know, the mixing of art, architecture and technology that has been happening, uh, do you think that uh, there is any part that we are missing out on, or in the sense that, of course, while we think that it is enabling us, is would you call it a boon or a curse? As in, are we uh, moving away a bit from the humane factor of it, or are we actually moving more closer? Anybody who would like to
1: take it up? I give Monish. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, I mean, definitely, Benita, uh, 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 it is an enabler, in my opinion, because see, uh, I think if, when you look at the works, especially uh, in India, I mean, there's a massive shift right now, and it is no more uh, something I was listening to some of the other speakers, and it is not future anymore. It's already here. We are doing it. And uh, when it comes to uh, uh, this technology. And then when you compare even the kind of works that are being done in today's date, there was a time when in, you, when in the name of parametric architecture or anything, I mean, I don't want to uh, uh, coin the term, use the term, but in the name of technology, you'll see this random triangles and crazy forms. Maybe like, you know, it was very much relevant only to the, uh, the skin, the aesthetics of the building. And it's like, you can do a box, but then you can make these crazy forms and you just stick it on top of that, the facades and everything. Right. It was only like stuck at the facade. But then I think now, when you say technology, I think we are able to understand the buildings from the perspective of energy, simulation, sustainability. When you're talking about how the performance of the building, we are not at, like, you know, so far just limited to the skin or the aesthetics of the building. We're talking about the form, we're talking about the, the functionality altogether. And the many branches, I think it's not just about the beauty and the aesthetics anymore. So there is so much that, like, uh, computational tools and parametrics can do that now. Like we are talking about the carbon footprint, and that actually it becoming like a uh, like a, I mean, a very important subject altogether, wherein we are able to measure the the performance and the, the footprint of a building. So I don't think it's a I think it's all I, I, at the end. I think it all depends on how we use the tools and what are the values. But I think the more and more people are able to grasp it, I think it's better because then we can go deep into the the problem, not just the like uh, just the like shell. So I don't think it's a curse at all.
0: Okay, Osnur, um, I would yeah, like to bring you into this conversation. Let's so he, <laughs> yeah, he presented the Indian front. Uh, I would like to ask you, on the international front, do you believe yeah. that we are actually being enabled by uh, technology and its vast advancement?
1: I think, you know, like, uh, it's, firstly, depends on, from my side, depends on what is your ideology, what is... What is your ideology when you start a one project or uh, what you want to do? Okay, this is first the question we have to ask before we start design. Because technology is not enough. If you are not able to uh, create a usable space, if you are not able to uh, design well or think, uh, thinking, of, uh, how can I say? thinking a person's, uh, how they are live in this space, Technology is not enough. I am not support that use only grasshopper to make some strange things. Okay. From, for example, my side, everything has, everything start with the white paper. Even if we live in, in this technology, if we, if we lost our hands with the, uh, with integration with the mind, we are not able to do finalize. A good design because everything is link each other. We need each other. For example, we need technology, we need art, we need architecture, we need design, but we need also good mind. We we need also a thing, uh, like human human sense. Okay. For example, we are always say this: our mission is before be good designer and architect, is a, a be good human. Because I, this is my thesis, I believe it. If you are trying to be good, good I mean you are uh, you are a more aware of your around. You are stuck to think about how people have to live. You try to think a solution who needs to you. And before this sensation, we are not able to create a good design and a good design for the world. We are not able to do nothing sensation very important sensation like human sensation very important with and after this yes you can put your knowledge you can use your put your talent you can create your own ideology with integration sustainability eco-friendly uh, awareness of the uh, environment uh, buildings or design and after and after you can let technology you can let the, the technology the technology can help you but when you need you, when you need it. for example we are not give design for technology because we are yeah, as master yeah. we are control all design first we are take all our design decision with this mind with this hand and after we are use a technology to make them in computer program and after we, if if you know what you want to do you can use technology very well on this on the right point okay this is very important instead of you lose yourself in within this technology if you if you want to create some strange uh, things we are saying with danilo with strange things without mm-hmm. any meaningful without any uh, mind with only uh, they try to do something like game gaming uh, uh, designs but it doesn't have sense it doesn't have sense like design briefly normally i want to talk a lot about this part but design should be integrated with the all of fields human sense art architecture design technology science science like everything you know this is how design would be better without any missing it's impossible to be so very promptly what
0: Yeah, what Uzunur has said actually uh, kind of directs to what I was going to approach as the next thing. So, uh, like, (laughs) what you're talking about is what I feel that, uh, you know, there is art, there is architecture, there is uh, inspirations, there is the human mind, like you said, and there's the white paper, and there is technology, of course. So, I'm guessing a lot of young architects or people who are just, uh, you know, really fascinated with all the new you know gizmos that you can use to create structures and cool the local. You know, using the millennial terms. So, how would you suggest that they balance it out? How do we balance the technology with the rest of it?
1: Because I think I it they they have to be enjoy with the design. Okay, they have to be. How people will be enjoy with design? If there is some problem with technology, you can find a solution. But first you have to find the problem okay with this design ideology uh and so if they don't enjoy if they don't find any solution if the design doesn't let them to think about for the next step it's the wrong direction because we are getting inspiration from uh, uh, problems daniela and i love find solution because when we are facing problem and the difficulties on the project we are getting more enjoy because we love to use our brain instead of the give this task to technology and technology solve it this technology doesn't have mind technology artificial intelligence you can give them direction okay but it this is very really tricky i recommend person they don't give their talent, ability to technology. They start to use their minds, and after they can start to use technology. This is a very tricky point. Even if we are in the center of technology, we are very open mind. We are also design the future, like metaverse or something. Okay, we are also trying to find the new technology for the new construction method for the future. But we are never give our ability to. Uh, programs we are managed they don't manage our mind this is very right. important point. very important right. point. So, and, when after I'm students, uh, and after students uh, doesn't use their mind and they don't have self-confidence they will always need to technology need to uh, computer program and after without this they will feel their service is nothing very important point this, in this violence Right. So bringing Monish again
0: uh, into the picture. So Monish, do you agree with Osnor in the fact of how, or, or and what is your take? How would you suggest to any, not only young architects, maybe peers or anybody, that how does one person achieve or how should we achieve a balance between technology and all the other parameters that we have at hand?
2: No, I think like I totally um, align with what <laughs> Osnor had just mentioned that, you know, I mean, it's all ultimately what's the problem that we're trying to solve and, uh, I think that should be the starting basis for anything that we do, including a uh, client's brief, you know, I mean, in, when you speak about architecture, we're only talking about a particular client, but I think, uh, what I, what can happen is that with the help of other tools that we have, we can probably, uh, strike a balance between not, not every client comes to us and say, well, okay, we want it to be environmentally conscious. In fact, very least, uh, like, you know, number of clients come and say, okay, do something for the environment. I think it's the the value system that we set in as and you know how what we think the technology can try and kind of solve kind of enables that like it becomes an enabler in that manner that you know this is what okay we are trying to build a house but at the same time we can actually try and cut down on the emissions and we can try and cut down on the uh, like air conditioning loads and create thermal comfort using like you know and uh, uh, using what you say analysis air flows Um, you can use those kind of optimization tools and analysis even to design not just like I said, so ultimately, it's very really what's important for any designer is to understand that, okay, what is the end goal? Is it just form or is it something beyond and how we can actually. So if you, if that is said that this is what we so and then you will start even picking the right tools because the answer might not be always the, the same tool for everyone. So I think even in uh, the teaching, the studio that we do, while I think uh, as a studio, we try and uh, tell our students that, okay, this is what. Probably uh, these are all the tools that are there. I think it's our role to expose them to different possibilities, but not to tell them that, okay, this is the ultimate tool. You don't, not everybody needs to become an expert in grasshopper. There are so many other verticals that are there that can actually pick and take it forward. It could be BAME, it could be, I mean, there are like hundreds of tools that are there. So we you should not, I think, idealize one particular tool or technology. I think rather focus on just for the students and peers, like you asked, Vinita, mm-hmm. that rather expose them to the possibilities and then let them pick or let them take it from there.
0: So what I gathered out of what both Oznoor and Moorish want to say is, guys, like just telling the audience that pick your tools very carefully. Uh, you know, don't like Oznoor said, don't lose your mind over software and technology. Rather, the main aim is to, I think, solve problems that are affecting, I mean, or even are a part of our human society. And actually, like you said, like, again, Oznoor very uh, promptly put it, it's about being a better human being through being a good architect as well. So now uh, diverging the thing into a little more current scenario. So the pandemic, like again, also had stated during her uh, presentation is that it was, I think one of the biggest examples of how technology has penetrated into our system also, because we were all, you know, virtually uh, isolated. I mean, we were physically isolated, but virtually we had to be connected because of work, personal, you know, touches and everything. So there was a, If we talk about the architecture community and, you know, how offices, you know, were operated at that particular time, there was a segment of architects who believed that, you know, uh, productivity increased because, uh, you know, we had the help of technology and, you know, we could uh, talk to all of our, um, you know, we could even bring up people from other parts of the world and connect with them and work on projects. Whereas uh, uh, there was a range of architects who believed that, no, architecture discussions or, you know, proposals have to be discussed with something on paper. It's not something that you can just do it over a screen. So, yeah, what is your take on it? Do you feel this whole, you know, uh, virtual work for architecture is something that uh, goes by or you are totally uh, pro it or I don't know. Are you not really pro it?
1: I, uh, I i, I can start because i start before now i okay. can give
2: okay. so, I okay. Do, okay. so uh no i think uh definitely vinita uh, we are still working online so <laughs> <laughs> i'm a pro uh, like you know so i can say that but there def- yeah. uh, there are certain restrictions and uh, which we are trying to innovate around i mean because working online has its both advantages and disadvantages the uh, the, the pro being that you can save a lot of time in travel and commute, especially because we have a team that, ha- like, you know, some of these guys have to travel two hours per day and they have to come to the studio and go back. So they spend four hours in traffic. I'm not kidding, four hours in daily traffic per day. It's, it's torture. I think it's... I've
0: lived it's, there, I know, yeah. I, I know,
2: it's torture. <laughs> it's torture. So I think, so definitely uh, uh, a hybrid system wherein we are trying to innovate, in wherein we are bringing in people for design share rates and design discussion so that we all come together, try out this... Systems wherein we uh, discuss ideas and everything so they can go back to their workstations and actually produce, and then meet in once in a while because the kind of interaction one also has uh, with uh, this physical, it's irreplaceable. I mean, it is something that is absolutely necessary and important. so there is no doubt about it. But then we can use, like I said, the virtual what we learned uh, probably two years before, if somebody said to me that you know we'll work online, I would get them thinking that he's not going to work. He's definitely not going to he's not, he's not serious. So, but now i think that has changed i think uh, we all started trusting each other better and uh, so yeah i think uh, there ways we can work both ways
1: so was not um, you agree uh yes i'm totally agree with monish but my perspective uh, will be different because i just want to share a little bit our experience when we were in covid cases and what we have done as mask architects uh, in two years ago, um, I was in Germany, Frank- Frankfurt, when COVID cases was exploded, uh, was very strictly. And after, uh, Danilo and I have read a one news from Italy, news paper, and so we just noticed that uh, amount of uh, dead people in Italy getting over, getting over. And so, because lack of oxygen machine. And so with these sniffs, we stop to make architecture. We start to use our capability to save the world. We tried, we just start to use our capability to create a new invention to protect the people. And after we are get our paper, we are start to think. Problem this, problem is lack of oxygenation. Okay what could we do as architects and designer in covid cases as architect and designer do we have to continue to make a architectural and design work to work for only client or people need our uh, our capability to save their world to save their life after we are design uh, medical apparatus which is a create uh like split uh double channel uh, channel for one oxygen machine and after we are published this on the wordpress we say this this project was we just designed as universally and this apparatus will have uh oxygen machine that people can use at the same time as the two person instead of one person But this design came from problem. And in the same time, we are published this as the WordPress. We say that we are architect and designer, but our role is not only provide service for clients. We try to give the message. We try to open our community's mind. We are able to design everything that when the people need us. And so with this project we after our project the architect start to design some cabin like some and other design projects okay like sometimes need to do some kind of behaviors to give uh, some salt uh, some heat to the people okay and so i try to say this we are architect designer but we are not only design building right monish we can use this our capability community. to say for this is where I come from, for example, to be good human because you are awareness of your environment. This is very important. We are uh, we are designed community for the human. And so we are, should be awareness of the people we have to follow. We have to watch. We have to uh, uh, watch how they use this space, what they need. Okay. We are... Uh, we have to be awareness of the world of the problem everything and after you are try to open your mind you are start to use your capability for also pull this pull people okay and so this is important point for uh, this kind of uh, problem now we are face this problem yes we are overcome but technology doesn't help one person in the same time, like sometimes we are serious. technology doesn't enough. For example, technology doesn't save the people. We we are living in two thousand twenty, but million people die. And so, at the same time, yes, we have to protect ourselves, but we have to be also ready for emergency situations, such a exosuit that we design, in isolate. How can I say like self-isolated zone? Okay. In in the same period, people. Lost their mind, also, right, Monish? They are living one room, maybe, without connection yes. with the uh, green. Okay, because I experience all them, and I see all them, uh, and um, I was lucky because I was living in Germany, which is surrounded by forest. I, f- I, I I find for myself space in forest. I'm every day. I just go out forest. But if people doesn't have kind of uh, opportunity, they lost their mind in one room house, for example. Okay. It's so very important to design space for also future requirements. Maybe one, uh, lights, uh, sunlight very important. Sunlight is um, how can I say um, a requirement for mental health. Without sun people are very unhealthy. At least we can design a building with uh, uh, with the getting more sun, okay. People, we have to let the people to see outside, you know, because I see very, uh, very uh, interesting design in this period without lights. Building really doesn't have lights. <laughs> this point I can say about my seepage, but I hope it would be useful.
0: <laughs> right. So uh, that's uh, basically like, that's what we understood, I guess that apart from the fact that um, we did kind of uh, become more pro-technology in uh, the global pandemic, it is important, like Osno stated, to actually be aware of your surroundings are, and again, establish your capabilities and I think bring it forward there. Monish, I think, do you have something to add on to that?
2: No, I think definitely, um, I, I mean, like what was said is really true that, you know, one has to We as a species, I think we have been like, you know, we are very uh, good at finding solutions to problems and our adaptability to uh, like problems that are thrown at us to uh, like, you know, has been uh, definitely, I mean, that's the reason why we survived as intelligent species. So no doubt about it, I think, but now we have an additional task of being also nice to the environment, not just to ourselves. So, I think it's time that, you know, we should be more, like, that's where I think the eco-friendly, the word comes, is that, okay, it's not just us, we should also be friendly, we, like, in the you know, environment. So, yes, I, I'm totally in sync with what was just said. yes
0: Right. So, now, again, uh, bringing a term into this discussion, which was actually roaming around uh, a lot of news channels and social media for uh, quite some time now, that is Crypto. You know, uh, virtual uh, money or whatever spaces or whatever you like to call it or metaverse for that matter. There were like discussions and a lot of discussions going around it. So uh, what I want to ask is uh, this, uh, you know, the crypto tokens or NFTs that have come across, you know, wherein you can be uh, owners or, you know, you can be, you can uh, actually be possessors of land which is on, virtual uh, virtual you know landscape so with these sort of plots or tokens coming into the picture do you feel it has actually i don't know given a boost to the creative power of architects and designers or uh, has it just been the same
1: uh, and I think, for example, currently, we also have been busy with this point because we really love to follow technology and even if might not might be useful, but we have to try, we have to enter and we have to see. And so, but my idea is currently uh, is, uh, how can I say, um, it's not secure in this moments, but it's the future. This is reality because the future uh, would be in virtual reality uh, maybe 10 uh, 100 years later mm. we don't know but we have really good opportunity f- for this point for example at this moment if we have a client and uh, we can use our the building we can put in the uh, web 3 with some uh, collaborative co- companies and we can let our we can let, uh, our um, client experience with a uh, virtual reality with full of design this is good opportunity but uh, but we don't uh, forget that this is for the future this is reality and so we have to start from the one one point currently we have been uh, designing uh, a new world for Gamu, uh, which are collaborator. And but the process is uh, uh, process is not ongoing very fast because it's still under development, mm-hmm. and so at this time we are not able to say that this is right direction. This is uh, not right direction. But we have to mm-hmm. follow up mm-hmm. and experience it, and we will see. Uh, Monish,
0: for you, I would like to just to like tweak the question a little bit, because in India, uh, I don't think this, I mean, of course, we have heard about it in the news and everything, but it has not really percolated still. But again, knowing uh, you uh, from for quite some time, I know that you are a, you know, real big, uh, you, you love new challenges and new things coming into the picture. So let's say, let's, you know, bring up a scenario wherein su- supposing somebody actually does approach a project like this to you, wherein they have a segment where they have bought on some like uh, you know they are developing um, the level next level miami is what they say on the virtual that's the first city apparently that it's being made so let's say this sort of a you know opportunity does strike on your door what would be different then I mean in a, in your imagination or in your thought process according to uh, your experience what would be different than actually designing on ground or how would what different would you do that you don't get to do or you don't do on
2: ground Actually, this happened, Vinita, this, what you're saying, let's imagine, it actually happened that people have reached out to uh, design something in the virtual space. In fact, uh, me and a very dear friend of mine, we were even planning to take a studio, uh, like revolving around the uh at SPA, wherein we wanted to, like, explore that as a medium at academic level and see how you can actually push the boundaries. Uh, but, uh, on, I mean, if you ask me personally, I'm not a huge fan of like a virtual space. I mean, that's my personal, like as a individual, nothing to do with the technology. I can't really, I mean, if you, if you talk to me about a 3d movie, the glasses, I find it really uncomfortable. Like, so for me to be in a virtual space, I'm not a huge fan of game on, but I like the technology. So I really like exploring things, but I'm not because I cannot sit in a theater wearing glasses for three hours. Like, so for me, that's a no big no right there, but, uh, we did explore the technology and for in, for instance, for the let no project, In fact, we convince the client to uh, uh, convert this into a space that he can go into virtual world and experience it himself before even building, because that's going to be such a huge investment with all the spaces that are curving around and all of it. The whole idea is that as a medium, it can even in Indian context that you know before making such a huge investment in real and why I mean this can actually become a channel for designers to test their spaces. So there is that possibility. Like uh, I mean, what we are discussing here. And, uh, but in fact, I think uh, looking at technology, I mean, not NFTs and especially metaverse, but if you look at the uh, the mid journey, I think that's actually becoming a very important tool. In fact, recently we had to present a landscape uh, presentation for uh, like a heavy, uh, like big urban design project. And we, all the mood boarding and everything we gave is from text to uh, image. We did not use any images from the Pinterest. We converted that into this, and we actually gave that as a design, uh, like, you know, ideation saying that this is what could be as actually so that it's already changing so i mean what i'm saying is that uh while i'm uh, so things are already happening here so i mean it's uh, these tools can actually assist us in design definitely yes and also visualizing but uh, to live in metaverse I, I really don't i'm not sure <laughs>
1: i just want things for example like from a positive side some of designers are um just uh realize some concept concept it's, it's such an opportunity for them also for mm-hmm. us, we have some of projects that uh, never realized. And so we, for example, give this experience to the user with this metaverse world, for example. And so instead to, to keep them in, in in some folder, we can let the people experience it with the, within this metaverse. This is, will be also another opportunity, know, like. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. So Absolutely. as
0: much as the, the summation is what, uh, like, there is opportunity, obviously, but it is so too soon to tell. And uh, I think only time will actually, you know, be able to narrate specifically that whether we are able to make this a reality. Of course, it will be a reality, but whether we are able to sustain and actually, you know, thrive in it or not.
2: So, no, but there is also another possibility, but I just yeah. like to add something here. Yeah. It's not just for uh, like uh, virtual spaces and also fiction. It's also an important medium for even past. For example, uh, we like closely associated with this uh, design design by design uh, this exhibition mm-hmm. that happens over yeah. here, where it brings together a lot of artists and designers to do. And then it can also become a medium to record in virtual space, so that people can go back in time and access that spaces which are temporal. You can actually make them permanent in a virtual space. So in a metaverse, mm-hmm. it can also become like a library of. Like spaces that are uh, that are only uh, like temporary, it could be so. That's also possible. So there's a tremendous opportunity there. So that if you missed, a, let's say, I'm traveling, at, I miss like a design exhibition in uh, what do you say in Delhi, and then I can always travel and say, okay, I, I could not, but I can go back in time and see.
1: in metaverse.
2: Yeah, it's like Harry yeah. Potter recording the dreams. And we, can,
1: we, can, we can meet them in this uh, zone. You
0: know? I know,
1: I know, right? I, I mean, really yeah. It's a free for future, but it's still ongoing. It's still uh, improving, yes. you know, it with is still the improving. user it's experience, important. with the user experience because they need us. <laughs> right. Yes. Makes
0: sense. So again, coming back from the virtual technology to, you know, hand uh, technology or whatever we would like to go ahead, technology that we still have right now so uh we cannot disagree to the fact that there are a lot of if i talk about student crowd young architects peer architects who are still very you know let me if i call them hands-on paper person you know they prefer that over the screen you know so my question is what would be your I mean, your message or some what is it that should they understand, like in the sense, should we we have to tell them that, uh, you know, is it imperative for people like this? Is it absolutely important for such people to actually cope up with the technology and learn, you know, softwares or anything and start designing on those and actually lose touch a little bit of the pen and paper? Or I don't know, is it okay to still be an
1: old school designer or creative person? School is not enough. School is not enough. For example, uh, my experience is uh, and I have been every day watching tutorial, every day we have been improving our design capability, also technology. And so school is not enough. Um, After school, everything will be start because human, like our um, discipline is uh, not enough to get, theoretical things from school, because we need to make practical works. So with this practical works, we uh, have to learn uh, how we can design uh, with our minds, and when we have to use the technology, which time. And uh, technology is very useful, We need to uh, make your design um, as uh, for construction methods, for also uh, sustainable uh, construction methodology. But important things to, to know when you need to use this. And I recommend um, students that, for example, they can join competitions, international competitions, and this international competition uh, will be opportunity to them to improve their capability. Because with this design decision, with their design decision, with the paper, they have to use technology. And so they can watch tutorial. uh, They can try to learn by himself, herself. For example, I always learn by myself with, with all technology tools. Because need to be also curious, need to also be interested with this point. But important things to also which point you want to do for example you want to be academician you want to be designer you want to be architect or you want to be design oh you no know? all is all normal start from uh, the first point and after if people know that what they want they can be find a very well way to improve their design design capability
0: Monish, like, I know personally that your studio, you have a wide variety of people working, right? You have somebody who has, who's just making models or some, everybody has a different talent is what I want to say. So for people of a creative uh, architects, you know, who are, or trainee architects, students, whatever you want to call them, who are actually creative and they have great ideas, just not techie, you know, something like that maybe, not the software kinds. So what would you like to tell them, you know, and like... What is that that they should do to cope up with this sort of a scenario that
2: we are in? So, Vinita, I mean, uh, technology is like growing really, really fast. And Mm, it's not, even with everything that we have right now, one lifetime is not enough to learn everything. It's not possible. And there is so much happening every day. You come up with new tools. So it, it starts with a sketch and an idea and visualization. So it's very important for any student, anyone, that's the starting point. And how absolutely. far you can go with it, it's <laughs> absolutely on the individual. How it starts with an idea or a sketch. Okay. So one should not let that go. If you want to become a computational designer, it doesn't mean you'll start designing on Rhino, Grasshopper, and all of it. That's not possible. You have to you need ideas and you need sketches to start with. And after that, like you can pick your tools. It's like you know, you can pick your weapons based on your like if you are a designer that really wants believes in this organic free flow forms and everything. And you can you have to pick your tools accordingly but if you're someone who is more inclined towards performance and like you know the how systems work and all of it that's there's a different kind of technology for that that's also technology it's not just that what you do with crazy forms is technology but not like if you're doing with the evaluation that's not technology everything everything that you use a tool becomes a technology even if it could be a hammer for that matter is a tool. So like uh, in the studio what we try and do is uh, we start with any project even with narrative I think you know that pretty well because we like actually ask Uh, the team to write not just sketch so you express your ideas you visualize and everything and then you start with that so i think it's uh that first initial part of like you know romanticizing what students typically do in college i think that's really important that's the essence and one can go depending on their appetite how much they want to dive in it's entirely depends on how deep they want to go into it so yeah so there's no there's no end to it
1: Without mind, without idea, technology doesn't work. Technology works, but without sense. Without sense, this project will be with another. There will be no highlights. No. Yes.
0: So we all can absolutely, without a doubt, agree that yes, definitely technology is an enabler, but not the starting point. It is somewhere it comes after the idea generation. Technology enables it, does not
1: create it. Is what I I think that we are yeah, but so sir, bringing but human you. mind technology and a human mind technology together. Right,
0: absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And like Kuznur said, that is artificial intelligence. This yeah. is what is real intelligence. So yes, <laughs> so bringing this whole yeah conversation to a very you know and a, a very positive endpoint. So based on the trajectory that we are currently and Usnur can properly cite an international uh, level and uh, monish could bring out the Indian viewpoint based on the level that we are at where technology architecture art is concerned what do you think like if you have to paint a picture for us what to do you does the future you know look like you know how does it look like to you how how does the relationship of architecture and technology look like to you
1: I am I I am scared about this point. <laughs> I'm I'm really scared. I am sure, like uh, if if I will if I will be honest, okay, uh, in in the future I don't see any people work. Like <laughs> maybe, maybe they uh, like uh, uh, will be robot architects. Like I don't know, everything will be robotic. I swear, everything I have thought robotic. about the same thing. <laughs> robotic age will will become from my mind like uh, they didn't they won't be used human human effort if 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 we are thinking about future maybe this is i don't know how much years but <laughs> i see future like this you know robots robotic age you no know? monish what about you yeah i think if it's both. like us we will be replaced by it's some serious. robot
2: it's scary and also romantic at the same time. It's fascinating to see what technology can do, but definitely, is uh, the robots have? Uh, <laughs> what do you say? Uh, yes, the robot age is inevitable. You'll be seeing a lot of these robotic technologies.
1: Why don't you I bring been... out the
0: romantic side of it? We heard about the scary bit. Now let's hear <laughs> how the romantic bit, maybe.
1: <laughs> no, like, I mean, uh, like, like...
2: <laughs> yes, I mean, uh, like, it's it's nice to see what kind of. Uh, the pictures this uh, the AI is painting. Like if you look at it, there is a generic sense of similarity between uh, in all the spaces, especially what you can see on online in social media. That uh, you'll see all of this. What what kind of spaces are being generated? And hopefully, if like you know, if I was just wondering, I mean, why is it just imagery? I mean, if the way I see it, if the technology grows even further, maybe we can ask even technology to do something more ecological with less amount of effort. Maybe like you know, that can keep a foot check on the carbon footprint and sustainability and all of that. So it's it's again like asking the right kind of questions to uh, uh, to the AI. Like rather than just asking it to deliver something that is like you know uh, dystopian, you can also ask for utopian answers. So that way, it can be romantic if you ask the right questions. So so let's see. I mean, let's hope for the best. But it's definitely it can also go very scary. I, but I like just that.
1: want to say one thing. This year, uh, as we also tackle with the climate change, this year in in Europe, we start to feel. Hottest uh, environmental conditions this year was very strong, all Europe, and so we don't know in future how many year will be see with the good conditions of the world, but I am sure that the people start to move to another planet for for the future, because uh, the Earth won't be enough to live with. Also, like in uh, next, uh, like for the future. A requirement will be different. Now, we could not guess, but future sustainability will be different uh, because the conditions will be different. No. different.
0: Okay, we have come to an end and I think uh, it's just that uh, I would like to tell the audience if you have any questions, now is the time. You can shoot those across and we will definitely try to get, get you prompt replies. So we have to wait a little for the questions to pop up. Meanwhile, I think, uh, you know, um, Thank you so much. This has been a very interesting, fun, uh, imaginative, scary, <laughs> and yet such a informative and enlightening discussion that uh, I don't think we could have asked for anything more out of a good panel. So thank you so much, Osnur. Thank you so much, Monish, for agreeing to be a part of IDA 2.0 and gracing us with your presence, showing us your work, expressing your views and being so candid. Thank We couldn't thank you enough.
1: I would like to thank you for uh, all the great day. I'm really appreciate to meet with Monish also and studio.
2: Same, and likewise. So thank,
1: thank you for Ida Sumit for this invitation. Thank you.
2: Definitely, I think yeah. uh, it, it was a wonderful session. Uh, it was not very, happy. I mean, uh, it's really uh, exciting to see your work, what you guys are doing. And like, especially with the uh, the flexible mold, I think that's crazy. One of those things I only imagined, but you guys are actually doing it. So that's fantastic so happy to uh, see the work and interact with you and thank you Aida for having me and yes uh, really enjoyed the session thank you
0: great okay guys so with that we come to an end to our panel discussions and uh, with Monish and Osnur but uh, we will be back in a short while so stay tuned day two is about to get over but there is still some left thank you Monish thank you and Osnur ciao ciao Tchau,
1: bueno. <risos>